You might as well just walk up to Cupid while he's on his lunch break, you know, cranking a beat or something, and yeah. punch him right in the face. Punch the little baby right in. <laughs> we'll see that. We're almost uh, three minutes into our sports podcast, and yet to bring up not one sport. Roll out. Alright, welcome in. Episode 106 of the Hot Grits Podcast. I'm Travis Shadon. With me, remotely, Spencer Maddox, as always, and we have a jam-packed episode for you guys today. We're recording uh, Monday night, uh, March 14th, for episode 106. Um, and we have, obviously, all of our brackets. We're going to talk about the brackets. We're going to talk about the moves that the Braves pulled off this afternoon, Monday afternoon, um, acquiring Matt Olson, what that means for the Braves and Freddie Freeman. Uh, Georgia Hoops hired a head coach right after they fired our guy, Tom Crean. Um, and then a couple of local stuff. For you guys, this St. Patrick's Day week, um, Spencer, you're about to head into the storm, bro. Uh, are you ready I'm for ready, St. Patrick's baby. Day? I'm war ready. Let's go. I've been preparing for about two weeks. I think all my guys are ready. We're, uh, you know, we're geared up, man. I'm already exhausted. Uh, this past two weeks has been like basically, uh, basically a holiday unto itself. Like the the buildup has been very real. I think if you've been in downtown savannah at all you you would know what i'm talking about um, well it's a drunk fest it's a drunk fest is what it it's is. a drunk fest dude it's a drunk fest yeah there's nothing yeah. but a bunch of hooligans all these people Wait, coming so at the bar spending money and stuff so at the bar this year do you have any rookies like any um not rookies in a bar industry but rookies for working downtown st patrick's day savannah yeah we do dude it's uh oh, no. i've been like trying to yeah i've been trying to prepare them for it but i mean we've got a We've got a solid uh, locker room in there, dude. We've got a mix of vets and young guys. You know, um, we, it's good to have those young guys because they've got a little bit more energy than the people that have been doing it for years and years and years. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but Who they're about to, yeah. They're also about to learn what like real money is for the first time. You know what I mean? Like a lot of these guys haven't seen money like that, and uh, it's just uh, it's an influx of it. So it'll be good for them. I feel like well, that's a head coach right now, dude. I haven't been interviewed about, uh, you know, what is the most serious week of my <laughs> year all year before. It's pretty interesting. Well, I like what you said about like, oh, we have some veterans in there. It's a culture thing. You, you set it's the a culture, standard. Dude. Yeah, yeah, we've been building the a culture there for years. I'm a program builder, bro. That's all program. it is. Program builder. Yeah. You ever notice when um, you, if you say if you say program instead of program, like you say program, that's that's next level, high level stuff. Yeah, like, there's a little bit of snobbery to that. You know what I mean? Program. Welcome to the Hot Grits program. Georgia's, Georgia's got a good program this year. I love that, <laughs> dude. I love that. You know what? We also had a streak broken where uh, like all the biggest news always comes out literally the day after we record. And this week it comes out. The day before we record, or the day of, I guess, with uh, Matt Olson and Tom Brady, which is pretty dope. So we actually get get to give some pretty like fresh hot takes before any everyone's like had a chance to digest it. I'm excited about that. Yeah, that always happens, and I guess we should like look. We have a hard time sometimes filling out like the show rundown or what we're going to talk about, or the, I should say the program rundown. Um, but not this week. Program. Uh, I, 
And after everything we talked about before recording, Spencer, we did not talk about this, but it happened literally half an hour after we got done recording last Monday. What did you think of the Calvin Ridley stuff? Like, we don't have to stay long on it, but did you have any hot takes on Calvin Ridley getting suspended for a year for uh, $1,500 gambling? Uh, so, so, yeah, I do kind of have an issue with it, honestly. Uh, the When the news came out, I was like, oh, well, you can't gamble on games. Like, that's it. Yeah, suspend him. But he bet on the Falcons. So my my immediate thought was boxers do this all the time. And the NFL now has like a pretty significant deal with a lot of like gambling books, notably I think FanDuel and DraftKings, right? Um or one of the two, I don't remember. I mean, yeah, but they're he, all it's all over the place in every stadium, too. He's away from the team, he bets on the team that he plays for. It's not like he was able to throw the game. So there's no like moral issue there or, you know, uh, competitive issue there. Um, I, I guess if you just want to say a blanket statement, athletes can't bet on games. I guess I'd understand, but, uh, I, I think there should be more of this. Like you should be able to bet on your own team. It should, you should have to say that you did it. You should have to disclose that information so that everyone knows, just like uh, you know, if a CEO sells their stock or buys stock in the company, you should be able to do that. Um, yeah, but you, but it, you can't. It's against the rules. I, no, I, I get that it's against the rules, but it, it's just tough to take that he bet on the Falcons and now he's going to miss a year of playing football because of it. I know that's a stupid, dumb, like a really dumb thing that he did, but that's tough to take. Also, I don't really care because he wasn't going to play for the Falcons this year anyway, and uh, honestly. I uh, I think it's a good thing for the Falcons that this happened in like kind of a roundabout <laughs> way. Because, well, they weren't going to get a whole lot back for Calvin Ridley. Uh, he didn't want to play for them anymore, so they didn't have like a whole lot of leverage on the trade market. Um, and they get to get that cap number off his book, so it's basically like he just doesn't exist. So yeah, they might lose out on... It, it what they trade for him might be they might get like a third or a fourth round pick as opposed to a second round pick which is a lot of value but the flip side of that is they get they don't have to take that cap hit this year so they can use that money to fill out the roster in other ways that are you know probably more pressing especially for Matt Ryan like the offensive line God sakes so I mean maybe maybe it's a good thing maybe not I uh, I mean sometimes maybe good hit. sometimes maybe shit. Sometimes, sometimes maybe because sometimes maybe shit. That's that's my that's my Calvin Ridley hot take. Yeah, I just thought, and we'll move on. I, I thought that a it looks terrible on Calvin Ridley's part. Yeah, um, he looks really stupid to, to sit out the whole year for mental issues and then to have that happen. It's like, dude, you are going to have mental issues if you are running eight game parlays out there. Like, if you're trying <laughs> to parlay an eight gamer, you're gonna have mental issues. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, any any normal like when you see that, you could just tell you're like, oh well, Calvin really, really is not a gambler. <laughs> like he doesn't have a problem, or else he'd be a little smarter than this. I mean, we're not good at gambling, but we know better than to, than to run an eight game parlay out there. Also, if you're an athlete of his stature and you know it's against the rules, why don't you just get somebody else to make the bet for you? Yeah, that's another issue. It's just like, dude, there are so mm-hmm. many ways you could have bet fifteen hundred dollars. Like, yeah. Without being like, caught ever, it's almost like it's almost like you, you, you have to try to get caught. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. We're on the but, same page on that. 
All right, Word title up. sponsor, title sponsor time, Hot Chris Podcast, Coach's Corner, your spot for March Madness that starts this Thursday. Uh, some people will be celebrating St. Patrick's Day as a holiday. Um, we'll be celebrating March Madness beginning Thursday at noon is when the first games tip off. Go check them out all weekend long at Coach's Corner, 3016 East Victory Drive, coaches.net. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well, 912 352 2933. If you want to call ahead, Coach's Corner, the number one sports bar in Savannah. You know them, you love them. They're our guys, they're our title sponsor over there. Tell them the Hot Grits podcast sent you when you go check out March Madness this month, and they will hook it up for you on your bill. 3016 East Victory Drive. Also, check out Coach's Corner Sports Network shows Rubbin' and Grubbin' with Brandon Bain. Check out the Carl DeMossi report on Saturday mornings. You can check out both of those on YouTube as well as on the Coach's Corner Facebook page. Coach's Corner, I'll be there this weekend for sure, catching some NCAA tournament hoops action. So hopefully we will see you there over at Coach's. Um, Spencer, look, we're going to jump into hoops. We are hoop heads, as the people know. But Matt Olson is now an Atlanta Brave. Tell me, Spencer, before we break this down, how did you learn of the news? Like, what did you see on your phone or on the TV when you first saw it? And then your reaction when you saw it? I got the news. Literally, I, I saw it. I was scrolling through Twitter and it popped up. So I like I saw it in real time. Like one of the first people to know. Didn't retweet it. Didn't. I just tried to digest what had just happened. And uh, like my thoughts. <sighs> My thoughts on the Braves roster construction, I think it's like not a step backward. If anything, I think I'm not going to say he's a better player than Freddie Freeman. I don't I don't know, especially on defense. I don't know um what that'll look like. Um I know he hits more homers and I know the advanced metrics are roughly the same. So yes, we're losing an MVP most likely. Uh that was that was my first takeaway. But from more from the emotional side, I it's just messed up like it doesn't look great on the Braves that they'll let somebody like Freddie Freeman walk just for like straight up money concerns. Um, and this isn't going to be taken well from a fan base that is used to having their players, especially their superstar players, stick around for their entire career. We It, it just happened with Chipper Jones and Freddie Freeman took over right after that. So almost everyone assumes Freddie Freeman is going to stick around forever and he's he's publicly came out and said that he wanted to be a brave forever. So it doesn't look good on Liberty media, um, which no one really had a positive opinion on them in general, I think. Um, but yeah, it, it's tough, man. Like the, the thought of Freddie Freeman being in Dodger blue or even worse on the Yankees um, is sickening. And uh, I, I, I think that's going to be, they're going to have a PR disaster on their hands. I, I would think And I mean, Maybe the Braves turn around and win a title this year. You know, they go back to back. I still think you have a segment of the fan base that is pissed about this, no matter what. So, like, it seems you like mean a pissed lose, about lose. it. Like, I don't know if the people are pissed about it. I think, look, a lot of the people that I've seen and, and heard talk about this, like, in the four hours since it happened, it's sort of just like we understand, but we're going to feel shitty about this for a little bit. But I don't know that, like, people are pissed about it's unfortunate i think people are pissed dude i think people are gonna be pissed especially coming out this next week 
Well, see, the thing is, we don't know that Freddie Freeman. We don't know where he has signed, though, like or what kind of if he signs and the contract comes out. I do know this. I do know this. the The deal, like, caught Freddie Freeman by surprise. He didn't know that this was coming. That has already come out, and he said that. Um, Right. So he's expecting. That would imply that he's still expecting the Braves to try and make a run, make make a good offer towards him, and they immediately have turned towards their plan B. So. I don't think any Braves fans are going to have sympathy for a billion dollar conglomerate or, you know, corporation that owns the Braves, uh, you know, keeping them from their superstar player that had always been there, homegrown guy, um, and basically ruining that. Like, I think people are going to be pissed about that. And honestly, if Liberty Media were to sell the team in the next five, 10 years, you can look back on the day and be like, this is kind of a day it went wrong for them. Because, I mean, it's a it's a good investment to own a sports franchise. They've gone shot up in valuation across the board, even like the NHL and stuff. So, like, it was a good investment by them. And obviously, they just think about it as a business. Um, but I don't know that this was a good move. Like, you know, just PR or otherwise. Like, I think it's just a bad, a bad precedent as well. Like, Players are going to know that, okay, if they let this guy walk, what are they going to do to me? You know, yeah, I don't so, know. Uh, well, I hear that. I just want to like reserve judgment until I see what Freddie Freeman gets wherever he goes. So if, if the contract comes out and it's something that I think the Braves should have been able to do, like right. years and money wise, then I'm going to be pissed. So that's one thing. I want to wait and see where Freddie, and we're, look, we're recording just to keep time stamping this, 8 20 p.m. Monday night, Freddie Freeman still hasn't signed. Um, Alex Anthopoulos said that today during his press conference that it was the hardest decision that he ever had to make. And basically what that's saying is like, okay, so you made a trade for Matt Olson. It's not like Freddie Freeman is not allowed to come back to, to Atlanta. Like yeah. you're still allowed to resign him. But Anthopoulos said that the Braves moved on late Sunday night when they realized that they weren't going to be able to offer what Freddie Freeman wanted. And that tells me that something else is already on the table where right. Freddie Freeman's agent comes to the Braves and says, Hey, this is where we're at. What do you got? And the Braves simply said, okay, well, we're going to have to go to plan B, but here's the other part that I'm going to wait. So I'm going to wait on Freddie's contract, but I also want to see what the Braves do with the excess money that they'll get. So roughly $12 million for Olsen this upcoming year is what's expected. And then $15 million next year prior to his free agency beginning in 2024. Right. So here's the thing, Spencer. So if they're at $135 million right now, the Braves are, and they, we know that they're going to spend around $170 million. Like that, you can pretty much take to the bank. $135 now, and they have $170 to get to. That leaves $25 million now that you can go do two other things, namely – Resign Jorge Soler and go get a number four starter, a number five starter, like a veteran type guy on a one-year deal, and then I'll be happy. But if the Braves don't do anything, like if they don't resign Soler, if they don't do anything with this excess money, then I'm also going to be pissed because yeah. I'm wondering why, you know, why can't the Braves sign Matt Olson or trade for Matt Olson and sign? Freddie Freeman, if they're not going to sign Soler, if they're not going to sign a pitcher, like if they're going to do all this stuff. Um, so so there's a lot that's going to be left to be decided, but right, that's where I'm got, at with it. 
they've got a lot of options. They it's not just Solaire or Bust either. Like they, they could bring back Rosario. I think a lot of people would be pissed if they got Peterson out of those three, and that was the only prize they got. Um, yeah, but it's not like they don't have a litany of options here. Um, it would be so sick if Freddie Freeman was the DH for the next. And I, I thought there was a chance uh, before Anthropolis's press conference where he sounds so down about it. I thought there was a chance that they made this trade and then they felt comfortable offering Freddie Freeman six years for however many million because you know you're not going to have to put him at first base forever. Uh, you can throw him in the DH. Yeah. Um, so I thought there Dude, was a world I, where that could happen, but I was pretty pretty crushed after I saw Anthopolis' press conference. That did not bode well. It's, that pretty much had, tells me that it's over with. Yeah, me too. Have you ever seen a trade occur and then all of the reaction is for a player not involved at all in the trade? Like Matt Olson comes to Atlanta for Christian Pache, who 18 months ago Braves fans would have been stunned if that name was in a trade. But not only him, the top catching prospect in the organization – Shea Langoliers, and then two other arms. One of those arms was a Braves top 10 prospects. The Braves traded three top 10 prospects in their system and another arm for Matt Olson. And the number one guy that's being talked about is Freddie Freeman out of this. It's yeah. pretty wild. Well, I mean, you can understand how the two are directly connected. It of course, is pretty of wild. Course, of course, of course, of yeah, course. Yeah. Of course. But it's um, just like if you're Matt Olson, holy shit. Well, it makes it like they they had all these guys and all these pieces for so long, and we were like, why haven't they traded for a big arm? And this is what they do with a Christian Pache. This is what they do with like like I get it, like he's a great player, but you could have just signed Freddie Freeman and then traded those guys for like a stud number one pitcher, and then all of a sudden you're the favorite again. You know what I mean? At least in the National League, they they could have gone out and gotten a guy and been right up there with the Mets or whomever. You know what I mean? If they brought that same team back plus Acuna, uh, Acuna. So it sounds like you Acuna. think that the Braves are like considerably worse with Olsen than with Freeman. I don't think that's. I don't think they're considerably the worse. I don't think they're considerably worse, Travis. I think it's just a poor allocation of assets when you you use Woo-hoo! not only. I like that. Thank you, thank you. Not only do you have to replace, so basically you're. Instead of just giving Freddie the money, you're spending those prospects, I guess, on someone to replace Freddie. So yeah, you have the money, and I guess you you technically could go and sign, you know, a stud, but they're not gonna. They're not getting a top of the ro- rotation guy. So I don't even know if one's out there. Correct me if I'm wrong. There's not like a, a top of the rotation guy still out there. No on free agency. No, right? I'm thinking yeah. someone like. I'm thinking someone like Johnny Cueto or something, like a number four. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Certainly not any I mean, aces left out there. Even if you, but you could have potentially traded for an ace, I believe, if you had just sent Christian Patch at some point in the past year, there had to have been an ace out there that you could have spent these guys on. So instead of doing that and potentially having another favorite coming back this year, and the biggest question mark would have been Freddie Freeman again, you just signed Freddie Freeman. And then you've got potentially the best team in the MLB coming back. Um, so I think it's a poor allocation of assets. But who knows? I mean, this they, they could repeat. I they, I think they caught lightning in a bottle last year. And no, I don't think they're worse with Matt Olson in the lineup. But they could have made more of their treasure trove of prospects. They had a good system. And uh, it feels like 
a poor, like I said, a poor allocation of assets, but that's just kind of where I'm at on it. And also Boy, it just I, happened I, today. So let's see how this I love out. that, bro. A little alliteration, a little assonance. You got, uh, let's see, asset allocation. Yeah. Um, and you had several others in there. A really great take there. I don't know if I Appreciate agree with it. a lot of the content, but just the delivery was there. Spot on. <laughs> a few other things regarding Olsen and the Braves. Um, and then we will move on. Average 162 game numbers for Matt Olson, who will turn 28 um, uh, in about two weeks. 252, 348, 859 slash line. 252, 348, 859. And then uh, 40 homers, 105 RBIs on average every 162 games. So that's pretty solid. Um, uh, so, Spencer, do you want to? Uh, oh, I also wanted to touch on this. Brian Snicker was doing a live interview with Zach Klein, um, who is a sports anchor in Atlanta, when the news broke. And Snicker was out on the spring training fields. And uh, Klein literally reads Snicker the tweet. And Snicker is literally just finding out about it. He had no idea. And so Klein asked him twice like about what he thinks about it. And Snicker basically is like, I don't have any thoughts. I've been out here for the last two hours. I got it. I didn't know that was happening. I didn't know. And it was just sort of, sort of a weird exchange. Yeah, that's so kind clearly, of bizarre. Yeah, Freeman didn't know. Snicker didn't know. It's sort of strange, but um, so that we'll was see, something. Man, I, I hope they know what they're doing. I really do. I hope this is yeah, like so a desperation. Yeah, so do I. So do I. Um, uh, so I, two things. I don't have a lot of faith that, in them in general. But wait, in, in the Braves front office. Yes. I think they've had one awesome year. I think they've had one awesome executive of the year type type performance and that's it. I've they've disappointed us a million times. So I don't have won the division four years in a row. They have, and that was on the back of some pretty awesome, you know, a pretty awesome scouting department and a whole lot of prospects that came up and played well. It's not like they went and picked those guys or made moves for those guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, fair. So, fair. I mean, we'll see. Uh, so what do you make of the locker room stuff? Like, I, I've never been a big believer in this, but it is a fact that the Braves now have, for the first time in probably two decades, a clear vacancy as far as the team leader goes. There is no Chipper Jones to Freddie Freeman handing of the torch uh, now that Freddie Freeman is gone. And I wonder who in that locker room is going to be the guy. Um, that's a good question. You know what man. I mean? So it oh, could I be mean, Dansby. It could well, be we, Ozzie. We, know, we know who it's going to be, dude. It's going to be Austin Riley. The young handsome? The young handsome with his barrel chest and his chiseled jaw. Of course it's going to be Austin Riley. Fantastic ass on that guy. Just a fantastic <laughs> high ass. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. Um, No, I'm um, not into that at all. I uh, I think baseball, you go out and hit, you go out and pitch. It doesn't matter. That's that's me. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't know what those locker rooms look like, but I don't think it's like a chemistry game like basketball where that matters as much. So that's, that story is a non-starter for me. Huh. I tend to agree with you on that. So just brainstorming, Spencer, what their what the Braves lineup might look like if let's assume two things that Ronnie Baseball, Ronnie Acuna comes back. Um, sounds like middle of May, if not Memorial Day. So late May, so he'll miss the, around the first month to month and a half of the season. 
Um, but let's assume he comes back fine, and let's assume that they sign Jorge Soler. So I'm just thinking out loud here. Acuna in right, Albies at second, Olsen at first, one, two, three in the lineup. Um, right. And then maybe, what, Ozuna four, Riley five, Soler six? Like, that's pretty solid. Acuna, Albies, Olsen, Ozuna, Riley, Soler? I've, I think you probably put Olsen in the four spot. Maybe leave Riley. Well, either way, but I mean, you can nitpick some stuff. Yeah, right. Those uh, top the, six guys, like that's a formidable lineup. No matter what they did, the lineup was going to come back and be pretty stellar, at least top ten. You know what I mean? So, like, I never had like worries about the lineup. It's just, again, how they allocate their assets and how they fill out the team from there. Um, and I'm not a huge fan of what they've done so far. That's that's it. I mean, yeah. We'll so see. I think the, the takeaway here is. Is that I did I like I'm actually like happy about the Olsen trade. Like I think I thought they were gonna have to give up more than that to get Matt Olson. I was expecting Dansby Swanson to go back in oh, that deal. Yeah, I, I will say that as as far as what they spent for like the the trade in and of itself, what they spent versus what they got, I think it, it is a very good trade for the Braves. But all I'm saying is they could have spent those guys elsewhere right. on something that was a bigger need other than first base where first base could have just been filled by the guy that they've had for years and years and years and was the heart and soul of the team. I'm still we'll sort see, of man. like hesitant. Are they going to run Adam Duvall out there for everyday center fielder? Like, is he going to be your everyday center fielder? You know what I mean? Like that's pretty wild. I think you put I, him I wonder, in, I think you put him in left Acuna Acuna in center. So they're and, not going to do that. They've already said they're not going to put Acuna in center because of that ACL. They're, they don't, they don't want to do that. Okay. Which huh. is bizarre, but that like they can't, we cannot run into this scenario where Guillermo Hermedia is out there having no. meaningful at bats again. No, that can't happen. That was a solid thirty minutes on the Braves, though. That's the longest we've gone in a long <laughs> it's time. It's about as fast and, as we could have gone through it, though. I know, dude. And the, I mean, the thing is, we haven't had baseball to talk about in so long because of this lockout. We didn't even really get to talk about the lockout. It's just because it was like bang, then bang, Freddie Freeman. So I mean, yeah. Nuts. Well, so um, Mike Anthony, Mikey Baseball came on for a bonus episode late last week. If people want to check that out, we talked a little bit about the lockout and stuff um, and, and about the Braves opening up April 7th against the Cincinnati Reds for a four-game set. Uh, that's also the first round of the Masters, that April 7th. So probably going ahead and assuming that I will we'll be too sick to work that day, Thursday, April 7th. That seems good to me. I'm going to try and make opening day if I can help it. Really? Yeah. I, well, I, I have in years past. I've pretty much made every opening day. Well, dude, like, you should wait for the weekend, that Saturday game, the ninth. There, That's the ring ceremony. Right. Um, so I don't know if you know this, but I work on the weekends. Um, oh, good point. Good point. Good point. So, good point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thursdays tend to be better for me. But, I mean, we'll see. That would be sick to see the ring ceremony. I also think I have a bachelor party that weekend. You know, let's not get bogged down in logistics here, Trav. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, let's let's allocate our our assets. Yeah, let's allocate our time. Allocate our assets. Allocate our time. Dude, uh, Tom Brady. Brady is uh, Tom Brady's back in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, did you see it coming a little bit in the back of your mind? You're like, there's no way. This man said he was playing until he's 45, and he's 44. There's no shot. He's not coming back for another year. I don't care what he's saying a week after the season. This man's coming back and playing. 
Well, you were on that from the beginning. I, I sort of tended to believe him just because, like, I don't know. I still don't understand, like, sort of what changed in the last 40 days. Um, like, Freddie Freeman's a free agent for 130 days. Tom Brady's in the NFL playing in the NFC title game, then retires, then goes on vacation. Then Adam Schefter breaks the news that he's retiring. Then he comes back in the NFL. All the while, Freddie Freeman's still not signed. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just wild. I, I just don't know what changed for Tom Brady in that time period. But, I mean, I, for me, I don't really have any, like, angst against Tom Brady or, like, fandom of him. So, I, to me, it's sort of a non-issue. I was pissed that he did it in the middle of Selection Sunday, that fucking guy. Like, that's unreal timing for a Sunday night news dump like that. Um, but yeah, I, I think it, it definitely takes the Falcons from what we were talking about, like as potential, you know, dark horse division winners. Like I think that's down the drain. Yeah. They're not, they're not winning the, the division unless something terrible happens to Tom Brady. They're not winning the division. The Bucks are going to cruise to that one. They're the best team by far. In the division. Yeah. I would argue that Tom Brady's announcement was more damning for the Falcons than Calvin Ridley's announcement. Yes. 100% dude. 100%. The other two teams in that division are huge question marks. Yes, absolutely. Good take Trav. Thanks bro. Thanks bro. Give me my flowers. Yeah. All good. That means, uh-huh. Gronk, that means Gronk is coming back to Tampa Bay too. Cause there was talk of him going to Buffalo. So you know, he's coming back and playing with Tom because it's the only reason he like came back into the league and unretired anyway. So they're basically just running it back. Uh, yeah, they're going to be good again. Go ahead and put go ahead and put some futures bets on those bros. Just some bros down on the beach, dude. Tampa Tom and Big Rob out there grinding on the concrete streets. You know, if we were smart, we would have put futures bets. We would have listened to me and put futures bets on the Bucks the second Tom Brady retired. The second it happened, and their their odds just plummeted. We should have done that um what what do you think of the deshaun watson news dude that was crazy like we've talked about that before not not in a while but you know we spent a few episodes talking about his crazy saga and it seems like it's just gonna end sort of right where it is just no criminal charges now he's He's gonna he's gonna get suspended right i don't know i don't know it's just it's such a weird because it's it's like if he gets suspended Like, I still can't wrap my head around a professional athlete making, not just a professional athlete, a quarterback in the NFL, making on like a $100 million contract, has to go to massage parlors to get his rocks off, man. Like, that, like that's what he's got to do. He can't just go to any nightclub in America and buy a VIP table and have four or five girls. Like, we got to go to massage parlors and rape people. Or allegedly, right, people? Allegedly, allegedly. I can't, I can't get my head around it. Um, so I, I still want to know more, dude. I want to see, I want to see what happened. I want the evidence from those trials. And I, I know it was like a grand jury thing, so just super yeah, strange. So it was a grand still. jury that found that they didn't have enough evidence to charge him. But I guess that doesn't really mean that you're proven innocent. And so if I'm Deshaun Watson and I really am innocent like if he really does know that or believe that or want that to come out this can't be the end of it because you certainly can't accept a four-game suspension if you deny everything that happened certainly accepting any kind of punishment outside of the law would be 
at least a tiny bit of admittance, right? Like when Jameis Winston was not charged for that Uber incident, you know, a while back, he wasn't charged with it, but it was undeniable that it happened. And therefore he was suspended four games by the league. And he which, was, which incident he, was this? He obliged. This wasn't the, not the, not the crab, not the crab legs thing. No, no, no. This is like, he had an Uber drive that was like, basically he was just, he was just an unruly rider. And he you like gotta broke, love James like, Winston, dude. It's so <laughs> yeah, awesome. dude. What a fantastic character. Um, but so like that, that's precedent, I guess, of a man being suspended by the league for four games without having ever been found guilty of anything. Right. Um, but I don't know if you're Watson, if you can go that route, because then you're like your legacy is sort of stained if you think you're innocent. <laughs> I mean, he's He's going to be embarrassed no matter what, dude. The first game he plays back, the signs are going to be all time. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yes, I do. It's over with. It's over with, dude. So, I mean, I think you go ahead and punt your PR. Just get do whatever you can to get back on the field. That part is already over with. Everybody's going to think he's a weirdo and like a scumbag for the rest of his life until he wins a championship and then everyone will magically forget. But, you know. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of like fantasy football like fantasy football team names to ha- having to do with Deshaun Watson and <laughs> like massage Watsons or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure if we brainstorm, we could come up with something good. All right. But, I'm putting it on the dock. I'm putting it on the yeah, dock put that on the next dock. year. Cause everyone cares so dock. much about our fantasy football <laughs> team names. What people should care about, dude. Are we done? Are we done talking about Deshaun? Are we done with, yeah, are you about to try to transition us? Well, I was just gonna, you know, nudge the, the conversation in that direction. Oh, no, they should care that. about they should care about our bracket challenge, dude. Via John hey Carr. That's what people should be caring about. So you want to tell the people about our they've still got time to sign up uh for another like yes. what is it three or four days? Yeah so you have till Thursday at noon to sign up for the ESPN Hot Grits Podcast Tournament Challenge group. You just go to ESPN Tournament Challenge, um, you can download the app, Tournament Challenge, and then you search for groups, Hot Grits Podcast. The password is HGP, all capitalized, if you need to enter that. Um, we also have the links up on our Twitter, on our Facebook, and hopefully, Spencer, we can put that on the Instagram as well to sign people up. So that's sponsored by our guy, John Carr. It's 100% free to enter. You fill out your bracket, um, include your first name in the entry, and you'll be eligible to win $150 if you win the bracket group. So John Carr, realtor, the number one realtor in the Savannah area, sponsoring our bracket challenge for a second year in a row. He's a loyal sponsor to the podcast as well. He's also the number one realtor in the entire world. 912-228-0916. You call our guy, Johnny Carr. Sold $1.7 million in houses in January. Backed that up with a $1.5 million sales month in February. So he is absolutely on a heater right now. Tell him the Hot Grits podcast sent you. If you're looking to buy, sell, or just learn more about the real estate market in Savannah, 912-228-0916. So Spencer, our brackets, you and I, an individual challenge, whoever loses out of you and I has to caddy for the other person. 18 holes without taking one golf shot the entire round. Right. Uh, so a lot on the line for us. Where do you want to start with these brackets? Well, I, I have it pulled up now, the group. Uh, first off, pretty good turnout. We've 
only just started promoting this thing. You know what I mean? Um, people have already, you know, they just were able to fill out their brackets as early as yesterday. And I'm seeing a team name at the very top here. Spencer still sucks. Gotta love that. <laughs> Gotta love that. Also, um, one of my, one of our moms and sisters didn't pay attention to the rules. It just says hot grits, mom and hot grits, sis. Uh, so we'll have to figure out who that is. Yeah. yeah who knows? Know, one of them will probably end up winning, dude. That's the, that's the crazy thing about these bracket challenges. Um, well, they won't be eligible for the prize. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> unless, yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to get that name changed. Um, one thing I did notice, like at just my bracket in general, a lot of chalk, man. And it, I did not see like a lot of like, I was like, Ooh, that could, that could potentially be an upset. Not a lot of that going on this year. Um, the I think the lowest seed in my Sweet 16 was Virginia Tech at 11. Um, I had them huh. beating, let's see, who did I have them beating? Purdue. I had them beating, so 11 over 3 um, in the round of 32. Um, that that was notable to me. Um, my final. Are we going to do the Final Four thing at all? Are we going to go ahead and give that away? Or mm, No, save your Final Fours till the end of the segment. Um, okay. But I, let's kind of stick with that vein. Like, so you said one of your bigger upsets in the first round is Virginia Tech. Yeah. And that's just I, Virginia Tech making it to the second round. Making it to the Sweet 16. You got them in the Sweet 16. I do. Okay, so I have Virginia Tech also beating uh, – Virginia Tech beating Texas in the first round. Right. I have Yale over Purdue. Uh, Ooh, right beneath whoa. that – a little Ivy League action. Dude. I, I'm a sucker for the smart guys, bro. I'm a yeah. sucker for the smart guys. And then I, I have Yale beating Virginia Tech and going to the Sweet 16. Really? I have a 13 seed and Yale a 14 seed in my Sweet 16. Beating the ACC champion and going to the Correct. Sweet 16. Correct. Interesting. Interesting take there. They're going to use the I also, um, Can I give you another upset that I got? Yeah. That I'm give me excited a little tidbit. About? Give me a little parcel. Um, first round – I got South Dakota State over Iowa. That's a 13 – huh, that's weird. It says 13-5 in my bracket, but that can't be – oh, yeah, so I have 13 North Dakota State – or South Dakota State beating Providence in the first round and then South Dakota State beating Iowa in the second round before they lose to Kansas in the Sweet 16. So that's my 13 seed and then a 14 seed in Yale. All right. I'm into that. I'm you into that a sucks. lot. Let me let me ask you this: Did you have a team that you picked to go to the Final Four or to the championship, whatever, uh, regardless of matchup? So, you, like, you didn't even look at who they were playing, really, and you were just like, "They're going." Like, this is Great my question. team. This is the Great team question. I believe in. Um, so I've oh, I've been high on Kansas all year and Kentucky. That that's a one and a two seed, so it's not like I'm right. going out on a limb. I think I was going to pick Kansas to beat damn near anyone. So I think, yeah, Kansas would qualify for that. I also, like, wasn't going to pick Kentucky to lose to anyone, I don't think. Like, so I think Kansas and Kentucky. I've been on them for, like, three or four weeks now. Right. I, uh, I'm high on Kentucky as well, um, as evidenced by my bracket, which will be public in a few days. Um, I'm, I was big on Auburn, dude. It's funny that you said – 
Uh, Kansas, I mean, obviously, I've already picked Auburn to be my team for this year. Like, I did that two or three episodes. Um, but I got to make in the Final Four over Kansas. Um, I, I just think I, – I think Arizona's going all the way, though. I've got, I've got Kentucky and Arizona in the championship game. I've got Kentucky beating Gonzaga in the Final Four as well. Um, so I like Kentucky a lot, but I, I just really like this Arizona team. I've watched them play a little bit um, in game recaps. I've watched like two or three of them. Um, at this point, I'm probably going to watch some more late tonight um, just to really, you know, nail in the bracket, dude. I just want to nail it <laughs> in. But I, 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 do, uh, I do like the resume, and uh, I like the way they play. Um, so that's, that's my team, you know, going all the way. But I do love Auburn. I will say that. I do love Auburn. <clears throat> Got them in the Final Four. I'm sticking to my guns there. I think they're going right, to – so give me uh, the Final Four one more time. Arizona, Auburn. Arizona, Auburn. Um, in the bottom half, and then Gonzaga, Kentucky. So a lot of chalk, just ones and two seeds. Um, then I've got Kentucky beating Gonzaga and Arizona beating uh, the mighty Auburn Tigers um, with an eventual champion of Arizona. There you go. What um, you got? All right. So I got in my final four, I have Gonzaga, Kentucky, Arizona, Kansas. Also, exactly. a lot of chalk. One, 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 and a two seed. Um, so I, I always tend to pick my upsets. Like I'm never, I don't pick like double digit seeds to keep on winning because if you lose yeah. that first game, yeah, you're sort you're of screwed. Basically done. Yeah, a little gamesmanship you know I mean? so, there. Hey, a little gamesmanship, dude. Yeah. So I like, I like to pick all. I like to pick a lot of upsets in the first round. That way, I I'm not just like having a chalk bracket and I can root for upsets. Right. But then I'm rarely going to pick them. Uh, to go beyond that, except for this year, I have Yale and South Dakota State in the Sweet 16, which it's not that crazy to think that a double digit seed can make the Sweet 16. Like it's definitely happened. And I think last year, UCLA so as an 11 seed made it to the Final Four, made it to the National. Yeah, they did. We, we might have a, a fairly similar bracket. We just, you basically just flipped Auburn and Kansas in your Final Four, correct? Like I Correct. had Auburn, you have Kansas. Okay, did you have Auburn making the Elite Eight at least? I did. I had them losing to Kansas. Okay, all right. So we might have a very similar bracket. Um, I had so UCLA elite making eight. the Elite Eight. Oh, do you? Go ahead. Yeah, that okay, was so that was the lowest seed of my Elite Eight. Was like I said, a lot of chalk was UCLA at four. I have North Carolina coming out of that in the Elite Eight as an eight seed over UCLA. Not too confident in that, but Not I am at all, like dude. I. Well, I do like North Carolina over Baylor, though. Do we both agree that Baylor is going to be the, um, like the most, like the least often picked one seed to make the Final Four? Yes, and I think they should be, uh, from what I've seen of them, which has been limited. Like I said, I've watched, I've watched like two or three game recaps from all like the top three seeds. I've made sure to do that in terms of prepping. And then I've picked a few teams that I like, you know what I mean? Like UCLA, I like, um, because I've seen them play a little bit throughout the year. Um, that's, that's just how I prepped because there's just, dude, there's so many damn teams. You know what I mean? And it's, it's a headache, especially if you don't just cover college basketball. Like we do, oh, we I don't know. just go, it's like the sixth sport for us, maybe. So like, it starts to get tough, but I, I have watched like, that, that's what I committed to do is watching like game recaps. And uh, like or like the the condensed games, um, yeah, I think Baylor might be the weakest one seed 
this year. I, I don't I don't think that's a reach either. So what, what kind of double digit seeds do you have winning a first round game? Like you got any twelves over fives, or you got any you know tens over sevens? Notably, I don't think I have any twelves over fives, just because one that's of the five seeds. One of the five seeds is Houston, and I I love Houston, dude. Year to year, I yeah, love they play UAB. I have Houston um, in my Sweet Sixteen. I did think about picking Richmond over Iowa. Um, that was the one I considered the most, I think. But notably, I had Virginia Tech, I believe, as an as an eleven seed. Okay, over yeah. Six. So I, I had Virginia Tech beating Texas. Um, there's a few upsets in here. I actually had North Carolina getting knocked out in the first round by Marquette. Which Not going to happen, may, dog. Maybe a mistake. Um, you know what sucks, oh, though? You know what? I did have a 12 over 5. I had New Mexico State over UConn. Okay, yeah. I got the Lobos. I got New Mexico State. So you took you took two 12 over 5s or just one? No. I, so I took um, New Mexico State, 12 over 5, and then – I think that's my only 12 over five. Damn. And dude. then I have St. Mary's winning. Yeah. So I only have one 12 over five, but uh, I feel like I make up for it with the Yale 14 pick. Um, yeah. But, that's hey, huge. Do, do you know what sucks is that, uh, and we're obviously mid major experts here. We've obviously defined yeah. the rules for being a mid major. We wrote the Bible, the mid major Bible. When people want to know, am I a mid major? Am I not? They come to hot grits podcast, right? Uh, two, studs of the mid-major circuit are forced to play each other in the very first round. And they're two teams that I was probably going to pick to go to the sweet 16 over most teams, but they have to play each other as the 10 versus the seven San Francisco versus Murray state. Oh dude. And two classic. Cause those two teams are great. Yes. Two classic mid-majors too. Like there is no doubt about, either one of them being mid-majors. And if you if you do have doubts about that, come on down to the studios, dude. I'll fight you. That's a mid-major. <laughs> All over it. I had I had set, uh, Murray State over uh, San Francisco, though. I just went chalk with that one. I, so I, picked, again, I picked Murray State as well. Okay. When Whenever I don't know something about, like I don't know the two teams enough, I literally just go chalk every time. Um. And I'm gonna I'm I'm literally gonna cram like this is the SAT or like you know a math final from all those years ago. That's how I did school. I'm gonna cram and try and watch some of those games. Like maybe I try and watch a few Murray State games. Let's see. You know, maybe I can't get another State's upset. Fun there. to watch, man. Yeah. Um, so all right, well, we'll move on, but a couple of games that I like have picked, but I think I might go back and change them. Like I'm gonna have to look more into them. That Ohio State. Loyola Chicago game, the world is going to pick Sister Jean over Ohio State, 10-7 matchup. But I think I'm going to go with Ohio State. I have Ohio State right now. And then also in the South, that 13-4 matchup, Chattanooga versus Illinois. Um, I have Houston winning that next game over Illinois. And since I have that, I think I might pick Chattanooga, a 13, to beat Illinois, the four. Since I'm picking Houston to win the next game, no matter what. Ooh, yeah. I kind of like that, dude. I ca- I like your line of thinking that way. Like it, do- but then if Houston loses that game, like if Illinois wins and then beats Houston, yeah, like your your bracket's thrown into a tailspin. You know what I mean? Yeah, then I'm done, son. Um, so that's tough. 
You and you don't get any extra points for picking like huge upsets in the first round either. That's so like true, he, but you like. The, I guess the thought is that if you get one right, most of the other brackets will have the chalk, so you would gain ground on the field. I mean, that's right. the thought. Right. Uh, I kind of like that. All right. Well, our brackets are set. Go sign up. Go sign up. Go sign up for the Hot Grits Podcast Tournament Challenge, sponsored by John Carr. Uh, you just search Hot Grits Podcast in the group. You can download the Tournament Challenge app um, and sign up before Thursday at noon. Uh, you can find all the links on our social media as well. Um, Spencer, before we move on from college basketball, Tom Crean fired. Georgia basketball has hired Florida's head coach, Mike White, as their next head coach. He was not in the betting odds. He was not in one of the 12 names that Vegas put out as not the favorites, but just having odds at all. So the lowest odds that they put out was plus 2,500, and Mike White wasn't that. So he was definitely a long shot higher. We don't have to spend too much time on it, Spencer, but I can't think of any time where the University of Georgia has hired a current head coach from the University of Florida in any sport. No, it's wild. I can't think of a time where they hired a current head coach from like any school. Like. Crean wasn't a Crean wasn't a head coach when he got hired, right? He wasn't still at Marquette or wherever he no, came he from. No, he what? No, he wasn't. So he wasn't. No, it's wild, and it seems like a move down. So I want to do more research on how this went. I'm like looking forward to how this went down because it seems like a you know a move down for him. Like, why would you leave Florida with all that history at that program? And it's still fresh in a lot of people's minds that they were a dynasty not too long ago. And he's had some success there. Like he's he's got a he's got a winning record overall. So go to Georgia. I guess maybe just to like lower your expectations in general to where like you have an easier job. There is an argument yeah. for that. But. So here's the thought. I think a lot. You no, know, a lot of people have had that exact same question as you, and so they immediately go to, well, what did the Florida fan? But what did the former fan base like? Is the fan base upset that they lost that coach? And the answer was, from what I can tell, a resounding no. He was approaching right. the hot seat at Florida, and the hot seat at Florida is not the same as the hot seat at Georgia. Like, right. It takes a lot more to get on the hot seat as Georgia, at Georgia than it does Florida. And so it's almost like he thought, maybe I have one year left at Florida. If I get fired from Florida or asked not to return, I'm not getting a power five job, certainly not in the SEC off of that. And so I think he maybe saw the writing on the wall. His MO is a great recruiter. Pretty smart. And then, and then an average X's and O's guy. So he's not great X's and O's, but supposedly like a really, really great recruiter in the SEC. I think that's what Georgia needs. We've talked about it a lot. Like right. they have to get a guy that can attract the four stars out of Atlanta every year. Um, and so hopefully that's what they got in Mike White. Yeah, I think it's a good hire. Honestly, I, I like – they weren't getting a big name, so go out and get a guy who's a proven recruiter and came from a big school. It shows that it shows that Georgia like cares about basketball at least, right? Like, I mean, they went out and got somebody. Um, it's not a big name, but yeah, I don't want to like pretend like it's a great hire or bad hire. We don't know yet, but I, I think, think it's, it's a pretty like, good hire. I understand for, it. Like, I understand yeah. it for sure. It's a coach that's won in the SEC, if nothing else. Period. Yeah, and he's one like yeah, and he's like one. It's not like he has like a thirty game track record. No. You know what I mean? Like there's there's hundreds of games under his belt yeah. in the same conference, um, and also he's not a guy that has like a um, 
what, what am I thinking? So he, you know how some coaches like with them comes the identity of defense guy, offense guy, yeah, uh, fast break, slow. Like he, he he's sort of neutral in all of that, and so you can sort of adapt, you know, to your players every year, which I always prefer as opposed to a guy like Nate Oates at Alabama who, you know, is notably into the saber metrics of basketball. Like hates they hate you know mid range shots. They only shoot threes and free throws. You yeah, know, is their goal. So I, yeah, I don't like boring, that kind too. of thought. No, yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited about the hire though. I want good basketball at Georgia, man. I'd go up to a game or two at Athens if they had a good squad. Like, hell yeah, I love the environment of college basketball. Bring us a good product. Like we, we don't know if Georgia fans are going to respond to a great program because they've never had a great program. Yeah, yeah. I think they would. Those kids, they love to party, man. They they love a winner too, so they'd show up. I'd show up. Shit. No doubt. Speaking of winning, uh, the Atlanta professional basketball franchise has to get us some wins. They have 15 games left, Spencer. They are 33 and 34. Portland Monday night. Uh, so when you're listening to this, they will have already played Portland. Uh, if they can win that game and get to 500, they'll have a chance to once again become the HAWKS. They play the Hornets Wednesday night and the Grizzlies Friday night. They are the nine seed at 33 and 34 with 15 games left, Spencer. The seed ceiling for this team is a nine seed ceiling. They are a nine seed ceiling. I'm, I'm going to, I think the, for the first time ever, me and you are going to, well, actually, you know what? I'm going eight seed ceiling. I think I can catch the Nets. Smart. Eight seed Just ceiling. Smart. I was almost going to agree with you, but no, I think eight seed ceiling. They can catch the Nets. Uh, and they need to to avoid having to win twice in a row. You know, get them yeah, in there. Dude. So they're just a game back from Brooklyn, and they're a game up from Charlotte, sitting right there. Charlotte in the ten seed, Brooklyn in the eight seed, and Toronto is four games better than Atlanta in the seven seed. So really, it looks like Atlanta is going to be the eight seed, the nine seed, or the ten seed. Now, why yeah. does that matter? The difference between the eight and the nine is huge. If you can get to that eight spot. You will play the loser or the winner of the nine ten game if you lose versus Toronto, right? And I, so I think in, you want to be the, the the best possible scenario is that the the Hawks catch the Nets and then beat Toronto. You know what I mean? Like that's the best possible. They're not gonna. They're not gonna, obviously. And that would give them the seventh seed. Yes, that's the best possible yeah. scenario, and it's the easiest matchup for them. Like, I think they could, can, they would have a pretty good chance of beating Toronto in a playing game. You know what I mean? Um, I agree. So I, let's hold, let's you know, cross our fingers, dude. I don't, I don't know who their next matchup would be. I don't know who the second seed would be, but geez, so I man, think that if if they get this, if they get the two seed, it'll probably be Milwaukee, Philadelphia, something like that. Um, yeah. If not, like I guess Miami pretty much has the one wrapped up, but you know potentially even a team like the Bulls or Celtics the could Bulls, make a jump. Yeah, up the Bulls or the Celtics. I was just about to say to the um, two. So we'll see. The fifteen games left. The East is loaded this year, man. The top of the East yeah, is, is so good. It's so good. But I don't think any of those teams want to see a team like uh, they especially don't want to see Brooklyn. But it's like the top and the bottom of the East is like. There's a there's a weird dynamic going on this year. We could see like a really 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 good team go out in the first round. Um, I'm excited yeah, for it for the first time in a long time in the NBA too. Um, yeah. Oh, oh that's I all for me. To ask Trev. you about the 
Okay. I wanted to ask you about the Russell Westbrook thing. What, oh, about him getting benched? No, about his his last name. Like he he he's now like taking significant offense to people saying Westbrook. You didn't hear about this? No, I did not. Oh, dude. Well, let me get your reaction live here. So he goes on the mic and he says that, you know, people calling him Westbrook has never bothered him before. It's just fans, you know, like in opposing stadiums, just trying to give him grief and all this stuff. But it, it he said that now he looks at it completely differently because his son has the same last name as him. His mom and dad had the name Westbrook. And so it's a family name. And so now he considers it like a personal attack. And anytime he hears Westbrook from here on out, he'll bring attention to it, including in the middle of, in the middle of games. Oh my God. Yeah. And there were a lot. I thought everyone was going to make fun of him. I thought everyone was going to make fun of him. There are a lot of people, a lot of notable national media people backing him up on this. Dude, he's a that's that's a drama queen move. I'm a I'm a Russell Westbrook guy. I like how he handles the media. I think it's funny, but that's kind of a drama queen rule. Uh, uh, you know, drama queen move. Excuse me. I'm I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, that neither sucks. am I. And if you and don't want I, someone to call you a name, the yeah, last you can't thing respond you do. to it, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't respond to it. You just gotta pretend like it doesn't exist. Or hey, you know, maybe make a shot or two, dog. Like. You guys have all those Hall of Famers <laughs> on that team, and you're ten games under five hundred. No way. Make a shot. Yeah. Now that's an idea to start making yeah. some shots. Yeah. And he's he's always said like next year I'll come back and I'll uh, like he said that he said that on every press conference at the end of the year he's like they said I couldn't make shots so next year I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna make some shots uh, I don't know what you want me to say and he's never done it he's never been able to shoot so. Booty you Russell Westbrook I don't like that I don't like that take not one bit. All right, well, hey, let's wrap up episode 106. Uh, Before we go, I want to tell you guys some news that I've learned this week about the Savannah State football head coaching job and some names that I've heard coming off of that. All right, so we already know that our guy, Russell DeMossi, the current interim at Savannah State, the current interim football coach um, since December, he's been the interim football coach over there. He is a candidate for the full-time head coaching job at Savannah State. So we know that, right? And we've been trying to figure out what else is going on over there. Um, And so, like, I've had enough people ask, and I've had enough information come my way um, from from various different people to where I can at least relay some of the stuff that I'm hearing. First, it's very well known that we are adamant that we believe Russell DeMossi should be the next head coach at Savannah State. We Spencer and I have done bits, you know, on this in the past and about how we'll riot if, if Russell's not made the head coach. And those are bits. But this is serious. We think Russell DeMossi should be the next head coach. No doubt. So know that going into it. Secondly, I've talked to the Savannah State um, Athletics Department and the Savannah State Athletics Director. You know, I talked to him a little bit and look, the frustration with with the way that this has played out with some of the Savannah state fans and how long it's taken. Um, I think Savannah state understands that. Although I don't think that they're in any hurry to make this decision. And I'll tell you why, when I talked to those at Savannah state and asked them questions that I had been getting uh, and, you know, ran by scenarios that I had been getting regarding the head coaching job, I asked, you know, 
is there a timeline for when you'll decide on the next head coach? And this was a response that I got, quote, we don't really have a timeline. We're just trying to bring the best person in and we're going to take our time doing so, end quote. So my follow-up to that was, are you not worried that it's taking too long? And I cited the Sean Quinn hiring um, after Eric Rayburn was fired in December of 2018. Sean Quinn was made the head coach of Savannah State football early March 2019. So that's the sort of timeline I was thinking of with Savannah State's next head coach this time around because the former coach left the same week as the previous coach left. And so I'm thinking the hire should come around the same time that the previous hire happened. I don't think that's too much of a leap. Uh, I think some people at Savannah State thought that was a leap and they thought it was a completely different situation uh, this time around. I don't agree with that, but that's their uh, take on it. So I asked, you know, are you not worried that this is taking too long? The quote I got back, quote, we don't think it is taking too long. I don't even really know what too long is. The timeline is based on the man you bring in. So that's his timeline, but that's not necessarily the standard. We just want to bring in the best person to take care of our student athletes. And we're going to take our time. We don't have a timeline for that. And I don't think that we should be required to give a timeline. Of course, and that's in quote. Of course, you know, Savannah State is not required to give a timeline and no school does give a timeline for their next head coach. But this is unquestionably out of the ordinary for Savannah State to still not have a head coach. As we sit here in the middle of March, their spring camp begins March 28th. Okay, so that should be some sort of timeline. According to Savannah State, it is not. I asked Savannah State officials if they had moved on from one part of the process to another, i.e. have have they begun interviewing candidates. They said, no, they don't have a, a list of finalists. They have not named finalists for the job. So they went further in saying that Savannah State is still currently accepting applications for their head football coaching job. That to me is remarkable. That to me is remarkable that you would still be accepting applications three months into this thing and that you're backing your current interim head coach into a corner with spring camp approaching on the 28th. If Savannah State decides to allow Russell DeMossi to work his ass off from December through March, okay, the, he's going to bring in a signing class for you in February. He did that. Okay, he's going to be running camp, going to be running workouts, going to be doing all of that stuff in February and March just for you to turn around and hire another guy after Russell's already done all the legwork in the spring, after he's done it with basically one other coach on staff. There are no assistant coaches. There are no assistant coaches over there. They've left. I don't know why they've left, but they've left because probably there's no clear timeline to when this thing is going to be resolved. And if you ask about it, they, they might take offense that you would even ask what the timeline might be. Okay, it's not crazy to think something's up at Savannah State if they're one of only five, six, seven schools in the entire country that doesn't have a full-time head coach. It's not as if Savannah State's waiting 
for a football season to end or waiting for an assistant coach to come available, the football season is done. It's been done since the beginning of January. So what in the hell could be taking so long? I couldn't tell you. I could not tell you what could be possibly taking so long. But when I heard that Savannah State had decided is still accepting applications in mid-March for the job, they haven't named a finalist for the job, that tells me that something fishy is going on. A month ago, two months ago, I would have told you Russell DeMossi is the unquestioned frontrunner for the job. Now I'm not so sure. I would still handicap him as the favorite to get the job, but I'm not so sure that they're not going to backdoor him in a way. And make no mistake, if they do hire another head coach, that is certainly well within their rights. I don't know if Russell DeMossi would be a great head coach. I'm not sure. But this isn't how you treat a man that has spent that much time in your program, that has been loyal and dedicated to you when nobody else has been. He stayed through the losing seasons. He stayed through multiple head coaching tenures. The players are out there stumping for him. The recruits love him. He wants to be a Savannah State Tiger, and he is begging for you to give him the opportunity. Not only has that not happened yet, but you haven't even cut him loose yet. How is Russell DeMossi supposed to go get another job if he's let go in April? And I shouldn't say let go. Really, in reality, what it would be was if Savannah State hires a coach not named Russell DeMossi. I don't know this for a fact, but I can pretty much assume Savannah State can expect Russell DeMossi's resignation letter the next day, if not later that same day. Because how could he stay there after what, after what that would look like, after what that would feel like? Lots going on at Savannah State, man. And I'm telling you, if you care at all about this kind of stuff, this is worth paying attention to. It's worth talking about, I think. Without further ado, here's some names that I've heard as being rumored for interest in the head coaching job. Either they're interested in Savannah State or Savannah State is interested in them or both. We've already talked about Russell DeMossi. You guys know him. He's the current interim. Here's another name for you. Lamar Owens, the former assistant coach at Georgia Tech, assistant coach at Georgia Southern in 2019. That was his last job coaching the receivers at Georgia Southern. He left there in December of 2019. And now, according to his Twitter profile, is training quarterbacks and receivers doing speed training in the Savannah area. He's a Benedictine grad. Okay. He's coached at a power five level. He's recruited from Statesboro and Atlanta. So he's recruited the state of Georgia. Should have a firm hold on it. And, you know, another thing, and I don't know how much this matters. This is speculation on my part. Let me be clear. All of these candidates, including Lamar Owens, are black. And Savannah State is a historic, is an HBCU. Okay, the last two coaches at Savannah State have been Caucasian. I don't know if that matters. But I would be willing to venture a guess that Savannah State has never hired three consecutive white coaches to be the head coach of their football program. I'm not sure how many HBCUs have. It shouldn't matter. It might not matter, but it could matter. And so that's something to keep an eye on. Lamar Owens is a hell of a name. And what Lamar Owens being hired would do, I think, for Savannah State 
in a PR uh, and, you know, thinking about it from a PR way, I think if Lamar Owens is hired, that takes the sting out of Savannah State being ridiculed for not hiring Russell DeMossi because a lot of people in Savannah would be happy to see Lamar Owens become the head coach. Like, I don't think Lamar Owens would be a crazy choice. I, I certainly wouldn't do it if I was Savannah State. I'm not hiring anybody that either A, has not been a coordinator or B, at least been a head coach at some level. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know that Savannah State is the right program for a guy to be getting his first shot at leading a program. You had better at least have run an offense. Russell Damasi is running offense. He's been the assistant head coach there. He's been, you know, the co-head coach there in years past, the recruiting coordinator, quarterbacks, like he's done all that there. So he qualifies for me. I'm not sure if Lamar Owens would be a great pick for a program like Savannah State. But what it would do is get a lot of people in the Savannah area off their back because Lamar Owens is a BC guy. He's a, he's a Savannah native. He was an assistant coach at the Power 5 level. Those are all things that he has going for him. And I'll tell you this, I was shocked when I heard his name mentioned with the Savannah State gig, uh, mentioned to me by two separate people, two separate people, two separate conversations. He was mentioned. Another name to keep an eye on, Aaron Kelton, Kelton, K-E-L-T-O-N. This is another name that's come up twice now for me when asking about this kind of stuff. Aaron Kelton last was a head coach in 2016 and 2017 at Shorter University. He went a robust 0-22 as the head coach at Shorter University. They promptly fired him, and Kelton is now, I believe, currently with Howard University coaching their cornerbacks. So Aaron Kelton, another name to keep an eye on for the Savannah State job. Uh, his last head coaching job, he went 0-22. So I'm not sure that that would be the right pick. I, I don't know what would lead you to make that the right pick besides the fact that maybe Aaron Kelton, you know, was interested in the job. Look, so that's what I have from the Savannah State coaching search. I figured it was enough to pass on when it comes to the head coaching job at Savannah State. That Lamar Owens name, that's an interesting thing to me. That's something to watch. All right, well, that's it for us here. Episode 106. We'll see you guys next week for episode 107. Uh, you can find me at Jadon Sports at Podcast Grits for the show on Twitter, um, Hot Grits or The Hot Grits on Instagram as well. Spencer, how do they find you on Twitter? Follow me on Twitter at Spencer Maddox underscore. Don't you dare forget that underscore. Trav, take us away. Till episode 107, go sign up. Hot Grits Podcast Group Tournament Challenge. Stay safe. Wash your hands, you filthy animals.
commercial and residential electrical services that you can trust. Braddy Electric is Savannah's number one electrical services for commercial and residentials since 1970. It's family owned and family operated. Reach them today at 912-233-1561 or 1104 East 35th Street. Braddy Electric, that's two D's, B-R-A-D-D-Y. Five stars on Yelp, five stars on Google reviews, and Savannah's number one electrical servicer since 1970. Call them today, 912-233-1561. 